he's been on break during the month of July, and we've all missed him a lot, haven't we? Caroline, too, right? Yes, a lot. And he is going to be kicking off a new series talking about how we can take the good stuff of faith beyond Sunday morning into our everyday lives. Let's welcome Charles. Thank you, Sarah. Wow. It is nice to be welcomed. You know, we uh, just got back from Korea last week. It's really good to see you all. Right? How is the summer treating you? Pretty good? Well, good. We had fun traveling, but it sure is good to be back, you know, with my back problem. I wasn't sure if I could uh, come back in one piece, but uh, I made it, and I'm actually doing better than before, so yay, right? Good. So good to see you. Really good to come back to a really, you know, a lovely community. You guys are really a lovely community, so it's wonderful. (laughs) Well, uh, so a little story from our travels. We started uh, a trip by going to Quebec. It's not too far from here, near Montreal. And we had an interesting experience at a monastery over there. You know, we visited, there was this, uh, we visited this uh, local Benedictine monastery. It was called Saint-Benoît-du-Lac. In French, the Saint Benedict of the Lake, to translate. And it was near the hotel we stayed at, and lots of people there told us, we have to go there, it's an experience, it's a must. Especially this one woman who worked at the hotel just kept saying, you have to go, it's a must, it's a beautiful experience. And uh, they didn't know we were like Christians or pastors. It was just, you know, something that they just felt like this local thing they were proud of. You have to go. And so we went. We went to their Sunday Mass. It's Catholic Mass. It's a monastery. And there was a lot of chanting. You know, in fact, the entire service was in Gregorian chant. Right? The whole thing was chanting Christian creeds like Apostles' Creed, Nicene Creed, what we believe. It was just all chanting. And we couldn't understand much of anything because it was uh, in French or in Latin. <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, even with the program, and it printed out everything they were chanting, so I could tell it was all these creeds, but you just couldn't understand much of anything. It was beautiful, right? A beautiful setting, and the chanting, she was not so sure. I I felt it was beautiful, (laughs) but I don't think the monks cared at all whether we understood anything or not. You know, it was, just, it was just something that the monks did 1,400 years ago, frozen in time, just being repeated still, right? It was just the same thing they did for 1,400 years. It didn't matter if it was understood or not, if it was relevant to us or not. It was just, it was a service. 
Well, so we had this experience, and when we got back to the hotel, the woman who worked there, she asked me how we felt about the experience, and so I said, no, I just thought it was a beautiful experience, and, you know, I enjoyed it. And so I asked her, you know, how she feels about, you know, these mass, you know, experience, these beautiful experiences. And and she said, well, you know, I don't, I wouldn't know. I never went. (laughs) So I was like, what? (laughs) You're the one who's like, like insisting we have to go. It's like a must experience. It's like the the one thing you have to do. You've never been in all your life. Like you you live right here. And she's Catholic too. (laughs) And she's never been. And so I guess it's like one of those like tourist attraction thing, right? I, I mean, my wife and I, our family, we live in Battery Park City. That's where all these boats go to the uh, Statue of Liberty. That's where it goes from. We've never been to Statue. <laughs> Even though it's right there. How many of you have been to the uh, Statue of Liberty? Whoa! Wow! So many of you have been to Statue of Liberty. That's amazing. Because it just... It just had, you know, zero interest for me. <laughs> I mean, it's like, well, what, you know, right? I mean, if you live here, you, you're seeing it all the time. It's right there, you know. But you've been, how was the experience? It's great. You have to go. <laughs> Many of you are going. Go to the crown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, anyway, <laughs> besides the point. <laughs> I mean, I guess, at least to the woman there, it wasn't very relevant to her, right? It's a beautiful experience. It's a tourist attraction. She tells everyone she meets to go. But it doesn't hold any interest for her. Right? It's not relevant to her. You know, it doesn't connect to the real life that's happening there. It's just an experience to be had for tourists, right? Uh, And that really struck me. Now, it's this church faith experience, like a tourist attraction, an experience. It's beautiful within its, its walls. It's beautiful within its context. But it doesn't make sense. It's not really relevant to the people living there. And I thought, that's really interesting because I do feel like there's a lot about church and faith that works only in here, within the church walls. And it doesn't really work in the real world. There there are two different things. So we compartmentalize. Church is here on Sunday morning. Real life is over there. And there's a wall. And we just try to make sense of it. And it's all just... So, for example, you know, it's not just these, like, chanting Catholic services. There's a lot that happens in church that we would not apply to real life. That doesn't make any sense. For example, teachings like women cannot lead. Women cannot lead in church. You know, many churches teach that. 
you know, including leading churches here in Manhattan, that women cannot lead in church or they can lead in only in a certain context, but in not in other contexts. And that's happening within church walls, but can you imagine that happening out there in real, real life, in your job? Can you imagine some CEO saying, women cannot lead in this company? What would happen? There would be a lot of boycotting, right? People would be up in arms. That would not work. Nobody would dare even suggest such a thing. It's, from, it's a mindset and a culture uh, from long ago. It's oppressive now. I, I got to watch this movie, Hidden Figures. You guys heard about this? Yeah. A lot of you liked it. Watched it over the, you know, flying over in the airplane. I really liked it. And, And the movie is about these colored women. That's what they call them, colored women, minority women, who who are working at NASA. And, oh boy, there was a lot about what they can do, what they cannot do. There were a lot of, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just understood. You just, if you're women, or if you are colored, And there were certain bathrooms you could use, certain bathrooms you could not use. There were certain rooms you could be in. There was not rooms you cannot walk into. No women was allowed in certain rooms. And they didn't even know why, but they just kept doing that. And, and that was just 50 years ago in NASA. And that was the mindset. And everybody was good with that. And everybody lived like that. But that's considered oppressive now, Right? Would you agree? Yeah, would you want to go back to that? Would you want that in your life? No, that's no way. You don't want to be frozen in time like that. It's no good. Yet today, even self-professed feminists would sit in these churches that teach stuff like this that's frozen in time, and they're okay with it. They go, they support it. You know, it's these teachings. And they would never, ever, ever accept that in real life, in their jobs. You know, any of your women willing to accept that in your jobs? No, nobody would. But as long as it's contained in church walls, people accept that. It's okay. As long as, as, long as it's inside here, As long as it doesn't spill over, you know, doesn't work everywhere, but people even like it to some extent, those kinds of, it's weird chanting, frozen in time from 1400 years ago, or teachings that frozen in time from long ago, that's oppressive now, but as long as it's in here. And also there's a wall. Doesn't work everywhere. Right? Faith, church, we accept that. It doesn't work everywhere. Right? We just, it's here and it's there. And and this morning I just want to say that's not okay. We cannot accept that. We cannot accept that church and faith can only work In certain contexts and doesn't work in other contexts, it doesn't work in real life, it only works here. That's, excuse me, BS. 
That cannot be allowed to keep happening. It must work everywhere. Faith must work everywhere. In a consistent way. In every way. In real life. In every setting. You know, if women cannot lead in church, then women cannot lead in other places either. That's not okay. We can't just let that go. It's not okay. Faith must work everywhere. What Jesus taught, what Jesus majored on, it works for everyone, everywhere. And I really don't mean to knock Gregorian chanting. As I said, I think it's beautiful. You know? But that's not what Jesus majored on. We don't find Jesus chanting in the Bible. (laughs) You know, never did. He doesn't chant creeds. He doesn't cite the Bible on whether women can lead or not. Back then, yeah, the Bible would say stuff like that. But he doesn't cite stuff like that. You know, not once. He doesn't talk about LGBTQ issue. He doesn't talk about how old the earth is. All this stuff that the church seems to be so like obsessed about these days. Jesus doesn't major on that at all. That's not what faith is about. I mean, you can get like, you can get a wrong impression on what faith is from what church really is focused on these days, but that's not what Jesus majored on. Jesus said, my purpose is to give life in all its fullness. That's his purpose. That's what he majored on. Not this doctrinal stuff. I mean, if churches and monasteries made that their purpose, if churches and monasteries were known for offering life in all its fullness, I think that women at the hotel might have been a little more interested. You know what I mean? It's a little more relevant, right? Because it's it's relevant. Human beings want life in all its fullness. Jesus focused on stuff that all human beings want. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Every single human being who are weary and burdened, he doesn't discriminate whether you're a woman, man, what color you are, what you believe in even, what you are doing that that you may feel like I'm a sinner or not, or whatever that is, he doesn't care. All you, as long as you're feeling weary and burdened, he says, come to me, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love that. That's relevant to all human beings. Isn't that applicable to outside church walls? In your real life, isn't that applicable? Do you, do you get weary and burdened sometimes? With life, anyone? Get weary and burdened? <laughs> Especially in New York, right? It's easy to feel weary and burdened. Have you seen these uh, pictures lately going around about New York subways? You know, I I tend to harp on New York subways, you know, but really, this summer, have you seen these pictures going around social media about, OMG, right? (laughs) I mean, that's our life. 
You know, weary and burdened is right. It's just like, oh, right? We could use some rest. What Jesus offers, we could use, right? Saints, this is where God comes in. God in the subway. That's Jesus. No, God is not in this, not just in this beautiful monastery. God, God in the subway. That's what Jesus means. That, that God becoming human being, sharing all the experiences we are going through. God is found right there. You know, that's what faith needs to be all about. This is where God comes in when, when life gets challenging. When we get overwhelmed, when we get depressed, we get sapped, weary, and burdened. That's That's when we need to think of God, turn to God, because God offers rest, refreshment, strength from inside your soul, living water, he talks about, that flows in to strengthen you from inside out so you can just keep going through all that day in and day out. That's what faith is about, and that's what I experienced again and again. I studied in my college days. You know, I was at a really good college. Things looked really good for me in every way. And I didn't really know God at the time. I was mostly a materialist. And so what I believed was like life is, this is life. And life is just a string of days after day after day put together. And some are pleasant and some days are not very pleasant, right? Right? And so my goal in life is to maximize the pleasant days. (laughs) And so I made it my goal to get into the best college I could get into and just set myself up for success then. And it looked like everything was lining up and all looked good. But strangely, I found myself really unhappy, depressed, not feeling really good, even though every circumstantial you know, situation was good. I was still not happy. It all felt empty and meaningless. It just felt like, what was it all for? Live to eat and eat to live, and then you run out of your days. You die, and this is it. And and so, you know, what is it all for? And I just felt like this deep emptiness. It wasn't enough that everything was going well. And then people would say to me, you know, these are the best days of your life. Enjoy it. And I would be so like, oh, it's all downhill from here. I'm already like depressed. I'm going to die. It's really like cheerful news about life. Thank you very much. You know. You see, it's not enough to, to have all the comfort in the world. It's not enough to have all these pleasant days, human beings need more than just success and comfort. Isn't that interesting? We need more. Jesus said, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. What he's saying is human souls need more than just physical comfort and pleasant days. Human souls demand something deeper, more, to feel fulfilled and happy. 
There needs to be something for the soul, not just, you know, body and the mind. You know, we need something that fuels our inside, that gives you a sense of purpose, a sense of meaning, a sense of shine to things of life, a sense of joy, a drive. Uh, appreciation for life that goes beyond the cynicism of just getting the best you can. So human souls need that to really flourish. Don't you agree? Don't you find that to be true in your own life? You know? Without them, life can really easily get weary and burdened if you neglect the soul. Even today, I can get weary and burdened. As most of you know, I have this back problem. It's been going on for 20 years now, but this past year, it's been really bad. And and so it's this constant pain down my leg 24-7, and that can drive you nuts. It's not so good, you know? But I take comfort in the fact that, you know, everybody's getting older. And uh, (laughs) you're all going to join me one day. You know, your body's breaking down, you know? Yeah, yeah, you come to church and you get encouraged like this, yeah? No, No, only the truth for you, you know? It's where we are at. But anyway, so life has been shrinking for me this past year. You know, the, the ability to do things because of the pain. I haven't been able to pick up things or, you know, really do even daily activities. So life has been getting smaller and smaller, and that's been really depressing. You know, I'm finally getting a handle on this, and I am, I do really feel like I turned a corner, and it's getting better. But, but this experience of feeling like my life is getting smaller and smaller, that's really hard. You know, it's not just the pain that you're feeling today. You think about what's happening, and you think about the future, the road ahead, and you think about the shrinking life, that can make you really, like, down. You know what I mean? You get me? You relate to that, right? Anybody can relate to that? The fear of the future and feeling burdened by all the stuff that's happening and feeling kind of hopeless and depressed and, you know, wondering, you know, what am I capable of doing? What will life be like for me? Yeah? I can feel weary and, and burdensome, depressing. And this is why we need God. You know, it's really easy to fall into that. And God offers to come in and turn that around. So what happens when I turn to God is, in such places I turn to God, and it doesn't dramatically improve the situation. The pain doesn't just magically disappear. It's the same as before. But what does happen is that something changes from inside. You know, God speaks to me. The words from God come, and it changes how I feel. It lifts off all this burden. Last week, God said to me, you are more than what you can do. And that was very helpful. I am more than what I'm capable of doing. Because it's easy to kind of 
define ourselves by what we are capable of doing. And to be reminded, I am more than that. That's important. And God said, connection is your purpose. Not doing stuff, connection to who I am, to the world, to God. And that was helpful. It really lifted me up. It it felt like a a food for the soul. And what I mean when I say God spoke to me is is this, that, that a thought drops in as I turn to God. When I ask God to speak to me, a kind of a thought drops into my head. Not always, but oftentimes. And, and this thought is not like my other thoughts that's rattling around my head. It doesn't feel like my usual thought. And it has this impact of lifting me up. It has this impact of changing how I feel. It has this impact of feeding my soul. You know what I'm saying? Any of you have experience like that? Right? It feels foreign, not like what I usually think. And it's not necessarily the content of the thought. You know, just having this experience, turning to God and and feeling like God is speaking back or His presence, it lifts up the soul. I think this is what Jesus meant when He said people can't live by bread alone. People need words from the mouth of God. It it lifts you up. It feeds your soul, gives you strength to keep going. Fuel for the Spirit. And God is faithful to give this to us whenever we turn to Him. Wherever we are, whoever we are. And so this, I believe, is the foundation of Christian faith. Faith in God to keep His promises. To believe that Jesus is alive and he will deliver. When he said, I will do this for you. I will give you living water. And he's going to give it to you. You That, that, That refreshment and strength from inside out. That lifts you up. Even in the midst of the subway crisis. If you can find yourself waiting in that line but somehow still find life to be delightful. Somehow you are able to hear something from God that transports you from this this just wearisome, wearisome experience, but somehow inside something fresh comes in and you are taken to a happier place. That's miraculous, right? That's bread from heaven. That's life in all its fullness. Would you like that? The ability to feel that and live in that world, that's kingdom of God on earth. That's what we need to major on and experience. And and I want church and faith that majors on that. And all these doctrines and debates and chantings and all that, that's good stuff. That's fine. It's all good. But that's secondary. You know, that, can, that can be a hobby. You, know, you, can, you can debate about that. You can have your opinions. But they are not the foundation of faith. The only solid rock is the living God, risen Jesus. That's what we need to major on and experience and connect with and have more of. 
So we are going to focus on this as a church. Our sermon series for the next seven weeks is called Faith That Works Everywhere. Faith that works everywhere, that's relevant everywhere, that's consistent everywhere. It works, that's what Jesus focused on. Very excited for it. Sounds good? And in fact, this is the theme of the the annual retreat that's happening next Sunday. It's not too late to sign up. Please come. You know, we're going to delve deep into this faith that works everywhere. Right? Sounds good? So, you know, this is your last chance because we are leaving next Sunday. (laughs) You know, sometimes you hear it's your last chance and you think, well, is it really? But it really is. Because we are leaving next Sunday. It's happening. So sign up. And we are going to go and have a good time. How many of you are going? Yeah, a whole lot of us. So good people, right? So please come. And we'll have fun. So for today, let me give you some suggestions on how to experience this living water, the living God. My first suggestion is first, ask God to speak to you every morning. When you wake up, just... Let your first thought to be, God, can you just speak to me every, you know, this day? Let that be the first thought. God, I need that bread from heaven. You know, you you say to God, say to God, God, you said we can't live by bread alone, but we need the words that comes from the mouth of God. This is like food for my soul. This is my breakfast. I need it. Can you give me some word? That's going to help me get through that subway. Get through the boss I have. You know, get through these stressful things that are going to happen throughout the day. I need a word from you, God. Give it to me. You know, whine about it. You know, like, like those babies that just wouldn't stop crying until they get it. You know, be like that, you know, just... Go to God and go, God, I need it. I need some strength in my soul. Give it to me. And then see what pops into your head. And see if it's any different than your usual thoughts. just, Just pay attention to the thoughts that pops into your head. And see what happens. I I promise you, life will feel a little different. If you keep doing that every day, life will turn a bit brighter. A bit by bit, it will feel a little bit better. You will be waiting in that line and you will have a little more patience. You will have a little more joy. And it will just grow and grow and grow. So just keep doing that. Just ask God, give me the words that come from your mouth. I need it. It is promised. Push into it until you get it. Push into God's promises. And speaking of promises, he did promise rest for the soul when we get weary. So my second suggestion is turn to God with your burdens. Everybody has stresses and burdens. Isn't there a problem of two or two that feels like a huge burden to you right now? Yeah? Anybody have a burden or two in your life? Right? It's just get stressed. We need God to help us. So, you know, push into this promised 
rest that Jesus has. In fact, would you be willing to push into that right now? I mean, just bow bow our heads. Can we just bow our heads together and just push into Jesus for some rest? Whether you believe in Jesus or not, why not? Give it a try. He said all. He He didn't distinguish between whether we believe or not even. And so it doesn't really matter, and we all could use some rest. So why not? Give it a try, right? Let's just bow our heads, close our eyes, and just think of your burdens. And imagine them in your hands. If you could just even stretch out your hands and, and imagine these burdens in your hands, things that stress you out, that's coming up for you or that's present in your life right now. Hold them in your hands. Then let's turn to Jesus. He said, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle, humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus, we turn to you now. We ask that you would ease our burdens. Lord, you said your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. When we are connected to you, Lord, the life should feel light. So would you bring that lightness into our souls even now? Holy Spirit, would you come and bring lightness, ease, lifting up of our souls, lifting up of these burdens. Come, Holy Spirit, flow into our hearts. Even now, Holy Spirit, just come. Lift it all up. Help us to trust in you and to joy of life that you have for us today. Open our eyes in Jesus' name. Amen. How did that feel? Yeah? Feel a little better? It's not dramatic, but feels a little better, right? Always makes me feel a little lighter, right? Right? So try that. Just try that. Throughout this week, every day, whenever you get stressed and burdened, just repeat this. You know, Jesus, you said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I am that right now. I'm feeling weary and burdened. Take it from me, Jesus. Give me lightness. Give me ease. Do that every day. See what happens. Don't let stresses and burdens of life distract you from God and life. It's so easy to obsess over what is wrong and what can go wrong. It can take over your life, yes? So, you know, just break into that and turn to Jesus. Don't let it get in the way of life in all its fullness. So this is my final suggestion. Limit the stresses in life so that there's room for words from God. Because stresses and burdens will crowd out the words from God. They're inevitable. You know, we can't live without stress. It comes. But limit them. Put boundaries on them. Say things like, you know, okay, I'm stressed out. I was stressed out tonight. Not right now. (laughs) You know? I was stressed out about this and that, but not everything. 
You know, just try to put some boundaries, limit them, you know, so that there's room for you. You know, Jesus had fasted for 40 days when he said, people do not live by bread alone. Imagine how hungry he was after fasting for 40 days. You know, sometimes I get hungry after 40 minutes. You know what I'm saying? 40 days... Man, he's got to be like thinking about nothing but food, right? Kentucky Fried Chicken, Big Mac, French fries, probably all that you can think about, right? And in that moment, he says, no, people don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He, He had room in his soul. to think about his soul and what he needs from God, words from God. He had room. He had had limited his stress and hunger to a place. It didn't take over his life and all his thoughts. Yes? He had limited it to its proper place. So limit the stress and burden. Make room for words from God. And I'll make time for it. Make room for it. Because it's easy to forget you need it. It's easy to focus just on what I need to do to make rent. What I need to do to get promoted. What I need to do. These are all these physical things that can take over everything that we think about. But what that does is that it makes your soul starve and it makes everything worse so make room and words from God will come to you because it's promised and it will strengthen you from inside out you will become the kind of person who become resilient who can withstand the subway lines and still be happy you can get through the challenges of life there will be refreshing, living water flowing through from inside of you so you can be a blessing to everyone around you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray for that. God, thank you for the promises that you have made, that you are alive. It's not just about truth about you or what you want from us. What you want from us is that we would have faith in you. And that we will turn to you. And we would experience all these promises that you have for us. So let that be true in our lives. Even this week, this summer. Help us to experience more of your powerful words that bring life to our souls. And make everything different. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.